You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the Uptown Carrollton House of Waffles and Beignets. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 59, a Sunday morning edition. Good morning, Livy. Yeah, good morning, Sam, man. A, um... A brunch edition. A nice brunch edition, yeah. I, um, I got sick this week and, um, just didn't have the motor. Yeah, I to, understand. To to gather up uh, on uh, or to get together on on Thursday, I um I was just bragging the other day to somebody that um, how I was you know almost through the winter, and I hadn't you know gotten that you know that just kind of week long dreaded cold that everybody yeah. gets up here at some point, you know the bug that goes around. Yep. And uh, sure enough, like literally two days later. My head was stuffy and my nose was uh, congested. And, you know, it's not enough to keep you from doing stuff. Or more importantly, it's not enough to garner sympathy from anybody. Yeah. You know, when you get the flu or, um, you know, you get one of those, like, really seriously. Yeah, something where you're legitimately sick. Yeah, and you can go see a doctor or, you know, it's you can take the day off of work or whatever. Um but it's just enough to put you in a bad mood and, you know, kind of make you malcontent. Uh, a little bit, I think, maybe, um, it had to do with the fact that, like, I've really just kind of geared up my schedule um, the last uh, last week. Yeah. You know, kind of back in, the, back in the workforce, like a regular person. And, um, Your body's you know, not used my, to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of stressful stuff, so... Um, I had been I've been running. I don't know if I told you this, um, but I started running a couple months ago. Okay, like jogging is really yes, a, jogging a more, a more appropriate uh, classification of the exercise. But um, I did so because I am planning on running the um, New Jersey half marathon. Oh, in, really? In the end of April. Yeah. How far have you been running? Well, now I'm up to about six, uh, six miles. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah, I and, couldn't and run was, a, a mile. Yeah. Well, I, I was kind of at that point where, like, every once in a while, I'll start. Um, there's this program, Couch to Five K. Um, it actually has an iPhone app, and okay. it literally it lets you go from having zero minutes of exercise in a day to running three miles in about eight weeks. Huh. And it's like, it starts you as you would typically would think, like, you know, walk 90 seconds, run 60 seconds, and do that for 20 minutes, three times a week, and then the next week, you know, it increases it. And you only have to run three or four times, or you only have to exercise three or four times a week, and it gets you up to speed. And um, so I started that back in, like, November-ish to kind of, like, get in a little shape, and then December, um, I upped the ante a little bit, and then... Uh, January, I think it was January 1st, maybe, um, I started the program to train to run a half marathon. And as long as you can run three miles, you can do this program with with ease. Um, 
and I didn't tell anybody because I I was like I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. But well, yeah, you don't want to commit to it, right? And then look like a sucker. And I was visiting with my sister, and I was like, ah, I gotta go, I gotta go exercise. She's like, What are you gonna do? And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go run. She's like, Wait, when'd you start running? And we, you know, we just kind of danced around each other for a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> are, you, are you training for something? And she's like, Yeah, I'm training for a half marathon. And I was like. Oh my god, I'm training for half marathon too. I was like, I didn't want to tell anybody because if I crapped out, I'd look like a pussy. And she's like, Yeah, I didn't tell anybody either. <laughs> so um, we've kind of been secretly training together, but it's at the point where, like, um, you know, it it doesn't take up so much of your time, but like you have to put aside like on Sundays you're supposed to go for like long runs. So you kind of got to be, you know, gone for a couple hours and people are yeah. like, hey, what, you know, what are you up to on Sunday? And like you can't booze on Saturday and, you know, like you really got to commit to it. So it's harder and harder to hide. Uh, although I don't know necessarily it's that healthy to hide, you know, positive. Like it's behavior. a shame. Right, right, right. Hiding your healthy lifestyle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How distorted is that? Yeah. But, uh, I guess so two weekends ago was Valentine's Day and I went down to D.C., uh, and she and I ran a race, um, like, a, like a legitimate 5K. And I ended up doing it in in like under 12 minute miles, which is huh. pretty um, good. Yeah, which is which I'm, that's kind of like my target goal. Um, she's she's pretty fast. She does it like I mean she's not like like you know these guys who are legitimate runner fast. They do like 5Ks in like six minute miles or something ridiculous but yeah you know she's like a pretty you know a pretty good recreational runner runs under 10 minute miles and stuff so um we went down there and and ran a race and you know had a pretty good pretty good experience so that that really so kind of invested in new shoes and new all that. shoes yeah yeah and it's like one of those things like running is uh, whatever you just go out and run but the more appropriate gear you have, the better. Like, you don't have to get all decked out and be like Weekend Warrior, but it helps to have an Under Armour shirt instead of a cotton shirt because um, I get tweaky nipples, you know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you get the chafing nipples. Yeah, yeah. It hurt. It's a real pain in the ass. But, um, you know, so it helps to have the right shirt. And you want to dress warm. You know, obviously it's snowing up here again. On March first, so it's been a rough winter, or at least a rough, you know, last six weeks or so. So, yeah, you know, having the right gear to go outside and run, you know, certainly helps. Um, so I did. I got good sneakers. You know, I got a couple Under Armour shirts. Got a couple pairs of like, uh, you know, cloth knit gloves that you can kind of blow yeah. your nose into, stuff like that. Um, so it's good, you know. And I thought that that. Combined with the fact that we've had kind of a mild winter up until February, I was going to get through the um, I was going to get through the, uh, the the cold months without catching this cold, but I unfortunately uh, unfortunately caught the cold. So yeah, it all caught up with you. Total bummer. The other thing I thought I was going to get through um, the winter without having to do was replace the furnace. At my house in Asbury, but uh, no such luck, man. My furnace crapped out last week. Why did you think that it was having problems before? It was old, and yeah. the hot water heater um, had some problems a couple months ago. Um, minor repairs that I had to replace, 
And uh, the guy was like, listen, you know, the hot water heater's not going to last all that long. And they took a look at the furnace, and he was like, yeah, furnace is kind of old, too. Like, you know, yeah. you should just kind of keep an eye on it. And furnace um, crapped out, I guess, like on Saturday. I was headed over there to do some um, some minor repairs. We had a, had a gimpy light switch in the basement that yeah. um, – I told the tenants, well, listen, if it goes off, just uh, leave it off for 24 hours. And then usually if you flick the switch, it'll come back on. And they were pretty cool, even though they're deadbeats. They, um, you know, they kind of roll with the punches on stuff like that. But finally, the light just gave out for good. So I had to go over and replace that switch. And while I was there, uh, the tenant was like, "Uh, it's a little cold in here. The furnace doesn't seem to really be blowing hot air. And I was like... Well, my first instinct is these guys are idiots. They probably turn the burner off or, you know, c- c- close the gas main line or something, you know, that I could blame on them. But uh, no such luck. I had to call a emergency repair um, plumber or heating specialist How much to come out. Like new furnace. <laughs> Seven thousand bucks. Are you serious? <laughs> Damn! Uh, How the hell do you afford that? Uh, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what'd you do? Luckily, they they do. They have like a financing plan. Yeah. So they have a deal with some bank, and um, so they call and you know qualify you for essentially what's a line of credit. They put it on a you know a low interest. Seven thousand dollars. Damn. Yeah. It was like. Whatever the list price was nine thousand because I also got the um, hot water heater repaired. Yeah. But the way they kind of work it, it ended up I got the hot water heater for free because okay. they give you a discount. Oh, so if, you got new hot water heater too. Yeah. So that that is actually um, scarier to think about replacing than the than the. Um, than the furnace because the furnace like crapped out i had no choice i have yeah. tenants in there if i don't keep them warm like you know they could yeah, sue me for necessary expense yeah. exactly um but the hot water heater is like one of those things like all right i'm gonna ride it i'm gonna ride it i'm gonna replace it in may you know i'm gonna replace it after i get a tax check but hot water heaters when they bust out when they break it's usually because the bottom rots out yeah. And the whole thing leaks. And yep. you flood your basement. Um, so then you'd have to replace the furnace anyway. Yeah. So um, it kind of, you know, it kind of worked out as like a blessing in disguise kind of deal. I ended up getting to replace the hot water heater um, because of the, you know, if, they, if you sign on the same day the salesman comes out, they give you a discount and um, whatever. They were running a special and it was you know, I used one of the like the big commercial realtors in uh, in the area, so I yeah. could have probably found it a little cheaper if I went with like you know my cousin's friend or something like that. But they guarantee all the work. They were in and out in one day. It was no hassle. They brought space heaters over for the tenants uh, to hold them over. Um, the worst part of the whole deal was that I had to um, I had to uh, credit those guys with two days with $200 because they were out of heat for two days. And I thought that was really the only fair thing to do, you know? And like, these guys have done nothing to, um, 
to garner my goodwill, you know? They're deadbeats. So um, I had to swallow that pill and kind of separate, you know, reasonable, responsible landlord with, you know, with 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 my individual feelings. So, um, but, you know, in the end of the day, it all worked out. We got a new furnace, got a new hot water heater. At the very the least. Run, yeah, at the very least. Back in that house. Yeah, exactly. So my the big plan now and the upside um, was I spent like four hours sitting in the basement waiting for the repairman to come. And yeah. uh, because it was a cold spell, it was like there were like three days where it was was like below 10 degrees up here. So, of course, everybody's, you know, hot water heaters and and furnaces bust out. So. Um, I had a, I, I still have, I keep a lot of shit in the basement of the house. Like I, I cordoned off a little area of the basement. I put all, you know, my kitchen supplies and whatnot, um, you know, until we figure out what we're going to do and, and, you know, find a better home for that stuff. They're just sitting in boxes. And one of the things that's in the basement is a lazy boy that I've had, um, I want to say since Syracuse, but maybe it was since, since law school, um, this like big leather yeah. reclining lazy boy that's down in the basement. So I just sat there and I and I just stared at the basement. You're sitting in like, a lazy boy. Yeah, in the basement for like four hours and freezing cold. And um, I came up with a plan to convert. Uh, theoretically, you can convert the basement into a finished basement, and the way the house is set up, you can have a exterior outside. Um, entrance to yeah. to the basement which doesn't exist right now um which is nice for like security reasons or whatnot but um if i were to put a door leading out to the yard to the basement steps um i could convert that into well, essentially what's a studio efficiency apartment um with the, so that what that would let me do is have rental income into the property oh while you live there while i live there or for the time being live in the studio apartment until i can get you know positive cash flow to flip it and then you know move back into the house and then have the rental property and ultimately in the end you know kind of have that as just uh as just an enhancement to the house whether i rent it out or not or you know whether you know whatever one of my parents gets elderly and i'm still there or um i want to sell the house i've done the improvement or whatnot so that's what i'm kind of looking at now kind of semi-realistically i haven't you know called anybody to come over and an estimate you know give me an estimate or whatnot but yeah um that's um at least now that i got some money you know, and, I, yeah, and now I'm, you're making money. And now that I'm that I'm in the in the black, I can uh, I can kind of think about those kind of things, which is nice. Which is nice. So, so that's it, man. I guess in retrospect, uh, that's a pretty shitty week, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but the upside is that it's um, it's March first uh, and it's snowing in New Jersey, so that's the good news. March first. Snowing in Jersey. What uh, what do you got going on? You have some waffles this morning or what? 
No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel like going through a process of making waffle batter. <laughs> I don't have the packaging, you know. I, I I can make it with flour, so I just didn't feel like dealing with it. Yeah. So you don't use like crusties or or one of those. I mean, I I did before, but then I ran out of it, and then I found a. It's it's not so hard to make just with flour and all that stuff, you know. And I have the ingredients. I just didn't feel like making it. What is it? Just flour, eggs, and water? Yeah, basically a little oil. Yeah, it, you know, it's not it's not ridiculously difficult or anything. No, but um, I just didn't feel like dealing with it because uh, I got home last night, probably fell asleep by one o'clock, and I woke up this morning like at eight. Then I fell back asleep, you know, looked at the clock, it was eight, then I, it was nine, I just didn't really feel like getting out of bed, you know? Yeah. I was I very am... tired tonight, I didn't get enough sleep the night before. Why would you do? Did you hoop it up? No, I didn't even, like, problem was, you know, Friday, uh, I just went to a basketball game, a friend, I was home before midnight, thing is, I fell asleep. And then I woke up, I fell asleep like on a couch or something. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I didn't go get back to sleep right away. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, it was like eight o'clock. So I just got up, you yeah. know, and I just stayed in bed. And then last night I went to this uh, Croatian American Society winter dinner dance, as it's called. <laughs> I'm not Croatian, but Jacob is, you know. Right, right. Loads of our clients, yeah. You know? Right. And... I was I took public transportation down there and took public transportation back, which takes forever. What's um What's the um, preferred means of public transportation? Are they buses? They're buses, but I took the streetcar down. There's a streetcar, yeah. Yeah. There's every area. It's like is the streetcar just um like in San Francisco? The streetcar is is just as prominent as buses, but in some areas, like streetcars are just novelties that only run in certain areas like are the streetcars prevalent down there or is it well, like... like the streetcar i took the st charles streetcar it's a novelty but it's all because it's full of tourists right but right. it's also the means of transportation if you want to go down st charles okay uh-huh. and what really sucked was on the way back you know the streetcar picked picked me up and i'm taking it literally from one end to the other right like all the way down because it, it goes all the way down to Canal Street. And the event was at the Marriott down on Canal Street in downtown, you know, right on the edge of the quarter. Right. And and I have to take it from the very end of the the line. The very end of the line is Claiborne and uh, Carrollton, which is like three blocks away from my house. Okay. You know, so, I walk, so I'm taking it all the way down there on the way back. See, they got to be on a schedule. Streetcars run slow as it is. Well, this streetcar, since it was technically ahead of schedule, they were going, and because there's not too many people coming back on the, hopping on the streetcar the rest of the way, you know, at all the stops, it was going so fucking slow. Oh. Uh, and, I, and I mean, it was bothering me, but there was this guy that was really pissing off. <laughs> And it's funny that he decided to to say it when he did because it was, in retrospect, it ended up being only like three stops from where he got off. But, but I mean, it was already, you know, it had already gone eighty percent 
of the of the route, you know? Right. And you could see he was getting pissed off the whole time. But finally he's like, Do you want me to get out and push it? <laughs> she's like, There's a schedule we gotta make, you know. And he totally didn't get what she was saying. Right. And, and she's like, I gotta be everywhere at a specific time. And he's like, Well, you you mustn't be making it then. You know, and I was like, this moron doesn't understand. You know, she's not so slow because she's, you know, if she goes any faster, she's going to be ahead of the schedule. And then if there were people there, it'd be a problem, you know? Right, right. You're either going to wait at the station, which gets super annoying. They do that in New York City every once in a while. Um, or you're just going to go slow between stations. What I mean, what's your preference, guy? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and I, I knew she was doing it all along anyway because, like, she would, at, we'd come to lights and there would be nobody to pick up and she'd let the light turn red, you know? Right. I was like, she's just trying to buy fucking time. Yeah. Which, um, was the guy not a local? I don't know if he was a local or not. He just was, I mean, this was like midnight, you know? So yeah. he probably just wanted to get the hell home and it was killing him that it was going so slow. Right. And the thing was, the one before, see, I was down there, and this guy got on there too, at St. Charles, like at the end of the line. See, the streetcar comes all the way downtown, and it lets everybody off. Uh, it goes down the street called Carondelet, you know, and everybody gets off at Carondelet Canal, that's the end of it. Well, they got all kinds of fuckers that hop on it right there, even though that's the end of the line, you know? Right. So I was with all the people waiting at the first stop and one comes by, but it had, but it was already full. So the driver's like, Oh, you got, he's like, there's one right behind me. You know, he signals to us, you know, now, cause he just was like, this one was full, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, we would have had to stand. That one was probably moving a hell of a lot faster. Cause that was the one that was supposed to be there at that time, you know? Right. And then the one, coming behind where it picked up the 15 or so people that were waiting to get on there, but really wasn't picking up anybody else along the way, had to go very slow, you know? So, I don't know. It was just, it, it, it was, it's just miserable because it takes like an hour, you know? Right. And it's really bad because streetcars go really slow. It really sucks when they're going really, really slow. Is there an alternative on that route? Could you have taken a bus or? There's no bus on that route, you know. Streetcar goes down St. Charles. There was no bus that goes down St. Charles. And were you, what's that? Were you boozing? Is that why you took the streetcar instead of? Uh, yeah, I mean, drive? I didn't even get drunk, but I, I, uh, it's an open bar thing. I was like, if I end up drinking too much, I don't want to, you know. Like last year I went to it, I it was at a different place, but it was downtown, but I drove there and I had to get my car next day. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh but I was like, I don't want to deal with that. And I'm glad I didn't drive anyway, because apparently that was a big issue was parking. Like the hotel told those people, told the group that there'd be plenty parking for everybody there. Yep. You know, but apparently there wasn't plenty of parking in the hotel for everyone there. Right. So a lot of people were showing up late to this thing because uh, because they were trying to find places to park around town. And what was it? Is it, is it it's like a, a Knights of Columbus kind of organization? Uh, not Knights of Columbus as much as uh, 
sort of like a uh, immigrant benevolent society. Yeah, okay. Uh, but like a private club of... Yeah, yeah, it's Croatian American society. Got it, got it. Oh, like okay, like an Italian American club. Something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, except with Croatians. Right, right. <laughs> and they had the ambassador, the Croatian ambassador to the United States was there, you know. Um, the funny thing about it, Wait, the Croatian the... ambassador to the United States? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. They always, you know, because there's a decent, I guess this is probably a pretty decent, uh, New Orleans probably has a pretty decently sized Croatian population. You right. Know? So they come on down for this. Because um, they're the ones like primarily involved with like the oyster and a lot of seafood industry and stuff for Croatians. Right, that's how you ended up getting a lot of that um, BP business, right? Yes, Jacob is Jacob's dad is from Croatia. Right. Okay. He's an oyster fisherman. Yeah. Right. That was um, the there. Yeah. Because back in the day, it's you know after this generation is gone, they probably really won't be having too many Croatian oystermen. But when it was like Yugoslavia and stuff, you know. Yeah. When, Still under communist rule, that was that was like a common thing. The guys, you know, people would come over from Croatian guys would come over there because there was like a uh, there was a little, you know, there's already an end down here. You know, it was a good it was a way to get out. You know, but so now there now people don't need to get out. You know, because it's not Yugoslavia anymore. Yeah. So what's what's the deal? So when Yugoslavia was communist, yes. It was consisted. It consisted of. It was Croatia, Serbia, Slovenia, Montenegro. Who else was it? Bosnia, Kosovo. That was all Yugoslavia. Okay, but all those areas are are. Um, it's ethnically diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, the Serbians are. Yeah, Serbs are different than Croatians, which are different than Bosnians. You know, but I think the biggest difference amongst them also is like the religions, because like the the Serbs are Orthodox. A lot of the Bosnian Bosnians have a lot of Muslims. So Croatians are Catholic. You okay. know, oh, I think makes Slovenians sense. are largely Catholic. You know, right? But the Serbs, Serbs and the Croats, you know, that's kind of like oil and water there. Okay, so that's what the. That's where the conflict is over there when they're always talking about. Well, and then they had all the, you know, Slobodan Milosevic, you know, and the ethnic cleansing of like the Bosnians and all that shit. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah and he's a Serb, but the Croats and Serbs fought a lot, you know? Right. Right. Cause they were in war, you know, there was a war over that shit, you know, 20 something years ago that they, they're, you know, it was a war over there. They all have beef with the Albanians. Hmm? Do they all have beef with the... Does everybody have beef with the Albanians? I don't think they think about the Albanians. <laughs> it's not I don't the think Albanian. anybody thinks about the Albanians. <laughs> I mean, Albania is like a friggin... They're like living in the Middle Ages over there. No, it's a very primitive culture. Like, they they totally missed a lot of the... Uh, they totally... They, they're totally behind the times in Albania. Was Albania part of the Soviet Union? No, but they were a communist country. They were. Yeah, they had a they had a 
he might have was he a king or something? I don't know. Whatever. They had a communist leader and all that. But Albania is really like that. That place is, from what I hear, that that place is like in the Stone Ages. Which is funny because because of the Peters brothers, I get so excited about Albania. Yeah. You know, anytime I see it in print or or media, like the other day, I was watching uh, Taken Two. Yes, Taken Two, the Electric Boogaloo. And the bad guys in Taken Two are Albanians. Albanians, nice. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I got all excited, but I'm like, wait, 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 that's, no, that's not good. These guys are, these guys are the bad guys, but, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, but because of the Peters brothers, I get so excited. Whenever I see an Albanian flag, I honk my horn. Like, this is how fucked up Albania is. I think they still practice blood feuds over there. Wait, yeah. what's that? Like, like, I've heard of the term, but like, I didn't really know it was a, a like, you're just like. You know, gone and killing other people for your family's honor, that type of shit. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was a fake thing. And not thing. seeing it as murder. <laughs> uh, like the uh like the duel of the uh 18th centuries, like, you know, dueling. Yeah, but I don't think it's that uh, that sophisticated. <laughs> well, tread lightly with the, with Albania, man. What I always remember about Albania was that's where the I think that's where the little the episode of The Simpsons, you know, where they do like an exchange program. It's an Albanian exchange student. He's really a spy. <laughs> uh, my favorite Albanian um, reference in uh, in pop culture is the Cheers episode. Yeah. Um, where Coach is, is learning all the countries of the world. Albania, <laughs> Albania, you border on the Adriatic. Your main export is coal, and your terrain is mostly mountainous. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's what uh, Mike Peters and I bonded over first. Albania. One of my favorite episodes. So, um, sorry to derail you, but so you're on the streetcar. You finally make it home. Yeah, and I was I was freaking getting tired on the streetcar, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I pretty much fell asleep right when I got home. You know, but yeah, I thought it'd be. But I really didn't feel like getting out of bed this morning. Yeah. You know, I know, and tomorrow's gonna be Monday. You know, it's like fuck it, I'm laying in bed. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, I don't usually fall asleep on the couch. I'm not a couch sleeper, and it, and my parents are notorious couch sleepers. Like, I think my mom and dad went for a stretch of like twelve years where they didn't even sleep in their own bed. They just fall asleep on the couch. You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah, my parents do that too. Yeah, they'll um, fall. They they'll sleep all night on a couch. Yeah, Josh is a big <clears throat> couch sleeper. Uh, my sister falls asleep on the couch, but I fall asleep on it. But I usually have to move to my bed. The problem is, it screws up my sleep, though. Yeah. See, I can't even typically fall asleep on the couch. Um, when I get tired, I get like a little restless. Like my legs get a little jumpy, and um, you know, it, it's like the opposite of what you'd expect if you're tired. Um, so I just, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna go to bed. It's not worth it to sit here and toss yeah. and turn on a couch. But last night I actually fell asleep on uh, I fell asleep on the couch for the first time in a long time. 
uh, woke up probably like one o'clock. I was a little disoriented and went to bed, but, um, I fell asleep on the couch because I've been, uh, I've been watching a bunch of the Oscar movies. So we did our, um, we did our Oscar preview without really seeing any of the Oscar movies. But yeah, now, but I still haven't seen any new Oscar movies, even though I'd like to. Well, now that they the Oscars have come and gone, um, a bunch of those movies are now on video on demand. Okay. I can say it's bullshit that Michael Keaton didn't win the Oscar. Because he did. No, he didn't. No, who won? Oh, no, no, my guy won. Yeah, guy won. that's fucking bullshit. Everybody knows that's bullshit. No, dude. It's like, when's Michael Key never getting nominated for an Oscar again? Okay. What, and then this guy who's like 20-something years old, you know, you know, hasn't somebody already won for that shit, my left foot, you know? All right. From... <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis already did that shit, man. Um, so a couple things on that. One, I saw Birdman. Yes. Which won every other fucking Oscar, but not Best Actor. And um, wasn't super impressed with it. Like, I liked it, and and I agree. I thought Michael Keaton was pretty cool, um, and I thought he did a good job, and I thought Edward Norton was fucking hysterical. Yeah. But, um, like, I, I felt like there was something that I should have gotten, but I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Well, did you I, see the theory of everything yet? I did. You did? I did. <laughs> and That's got to boring as fuck um <laughs> no man it's kind of fascinating because it's really more of like a character study kind of thing more than it is a documentation of of you know his his you know rise to prominence um and he actually comes out super uh what's the opposite of sympathetic opposite not, of sympathetic yeah like you don't feel anything for him yeah like you're not sim- like you're not he's a sim- dick He's a dick, yeah. I mean, I heard it was controversial for some reasons. <clears throat> Wait, because it's, I guess, part of the controversy is that the the wife, it's its on the first wife's account, right? Yeah, well, that, so I knew very little about Stephen Hawking other than he was the guy who spoke with a computer. And, uh, you know, obviously had ALS, and, and which I still think is amazing because... Over the last couple of years, I've been doing all that work with, the AL, yeah. with ALS, and I never see from one event to the next year the same set of patients. Because I mean, the lifespan is so short, and you know, you see you see the guys in the wheelchair, and they cut the ribbon, and the next year they're not there anymore. You know, it's their family, yeah. you know, kind of living on their legacy. But um, so the fact that he's been alive for you know, whatever, 40 years with this is incredible. But um, you, at least my perception of him was he was not a very sympathetic character, even though this happened to him. And I, I was very sympathetic to his wife, which obviously it was based on her account. So yeah. maybe that's why. But the fact that he, the actor, well, I forget his name, Eddie what? Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, he um, he was able to kind of draw that out while being a severe like you couldn't understand a thing he said for half the movie. Yeah, and um, but 
he still came off as not very sympathetic and and almost dislikable in the fact that he kind of had this like god complex and uh, you know ends up leaving his wife <laughs> you know yeah, in a wheelchair yeah. and and um you know he can't speak but like he's still so brilliant so like that's I thought it captured a lot of the things that I like in a movie you know it kind of elicited emotion when you know, I'm not going into a movie, really any movie, with with super high expectations of like, all right, I'm gonna you know get this out of it. I've heard great things. I just, I literally, I can go and just watch it blind, and then at the end, be like, oh, that was good because it, you know, it made me think about this or made me think about that. And that was that kind of movie. Birdman, I struggled with a little bit to like keep up and you know kind of try to make sense of it, and then you know. In the end, when they, you know, they kind of reveal that the voice in his head is, you know, is the Birdman. Yeah. That that was, I was like, oh, I was missing the whole thing. All right, well, that's, you know, that's on me. But it still didn't, you know, still didn't resonate to the point where I was like, this is awesome. And when I left American Sniper, I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, you know, so like I've got those three movies that I'm 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 stacking up against each other. I've already had seen uh, Boyhood, which I'm still surprised they didn't win anything. Really. Nothing, and I, I mean they won Best Supporting Actress, which to me like I, she was wasn't even one of the best parts of the film. Yeah, like I thought she was super annoying. I thought that. Um, uh, Uma Thurman's husband was was way better. What's his name? Oh, e- Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you knew he wasn't gonna. That that was all. That was J.K. Simmons was definitely winning that Oscar. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I watched um, Whiplash last night. Did you? Yeah, and um, he was he was incredible. Yeah. Now I haven't seen it yet. I've only ever seen him. In um, the HBO series Oz, yeah, the 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 uh, the prison uh, drama. Yep. So uh, I don't know him in any other context, and he essentially played the same character, which was a, like a white supremacist badass who like is really manipulative and you know plays the system, and essentially is the same character, but. Um, he was awesome at it. Maybe that's just his thing, you know? Yeah. But I mean, um, I think I've seen him in, I liked it. You know, he was like the father in Juno. Oh, shit. He was the father in Juno. See, okay. <clears throat> All right, then listen. This is how good of an actor he is then, I guess. Because I know that. Yeah. And um, he c- portrays that badass in such a manner that I didn't even connect. That he was the guy in in Juno. Yeah. Right? Oh, and he's also the guy for the Farmers commercials, right? Yep. Holy yep. shit. I thought that was a third guy. <laughs> <laughs> because there's the there was the the, the um like the captain from um from Law and Order, he's a character actor. I think his name's like Dan Florick or something. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen like the Law and Order Special Victims Unit. He's like a bald middle aged actor. Okay. A lot of similar, um, a lot of similar similarities between him and and uh, J.K. Simmons. 
And um, so I always confuse those two. But I thought the farmer's guy was a third guy. <laughs> so but, then he deserves he deserves it, man. He was uh, first farmer's commercial. Yeah, he also does. He also was in a sitcom where he played a blind guy for. It was like a real short. Yeah, sitcom. yeah, no, it was. It, it lasted like thirteen episodes. Right, right, right. It was like oh. last year. Yeah. Holy <clears throat> shit, that's amazing. Um, really good though, man. Really good. Like, I mean, the kid in the movie is kind of weak. I think the storyline is a little weak. Um, they oh, try to gosh. introduce to Whiplash. Yeah, he tried to. Intru- they try to introduce like a love arc where he gets a girlfriend he quits the girlfriend because he wants to be a drummer you know like pretty tired storyline but like they don't even do that right um so i could see why the movie itself didn't get any um you know any accolades in terms of of the oscars best picture anything like that but yeah jk simmons was, was pretty awesome so i got you know, I got to see a, a good amount of the of the Oscar movies, um, and you know, I, I would probably say American Sniper was the best that I'd seen. Okay. You know, because it kind of left you leaving the theater like fulfilled. You know. Yeah. Whether it was whether you're tired, whether you're emotionally spent, whether you're happy, whatever it is, like it's kind of cool to leave a movie and you're like, wow. Yeah. That's so American I saw after I saw Hot Tub Time Machine 2 the other night. <laughs> Wait a minute. You <clears> carved <throat> time out of your schedule to go see Hot Tub Time, and time Machine 2, but you couldn't get to go see American Sniper? Well, somebody... I haven't seen American Sniper yet, but the person that I was with wanted to go see that, you know. Specifically, okay. Specifically asked me to go see that, so... And, and listen, don't get me wrong, like, I, I like I left Hot my ass off. I liked Hot Tub Time Machine, and I thought the Hot Tub Time Machine too looked like a pretty interesting premise. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I do that all the time. Machine too. <laughs> There's all kinds of great movies that I swear I'm gonna go see and don't see in the theater, and then I go see something stupid that has like Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Modine or something dumb like yeah. that, you know? Matthew Modine. <laughs> well, I mean, like. Uh... I mean, had I got to see it on my own before seeing all these other things, yes, that would be unforgivable. Okay, fair enough. Somebody specifically asked me to go see that with them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Right. That's a direct invitation. And Yeah, and like, it was somebody I want to hang out with, so it was cool. All right, good. Right. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, um, you know, that kind of puts a bow on... on on any of the big movies, um, you know, that we've talked about or wanted to see. You know, it's kind of like a finality that I don't know when the next big movie season is. Summertime, maybe? Yeah, next couple of months, yeah. Like May, they'll all start coming out again. Yeah. Did you, um, you signed up for that, um, the movie club? Yeah, and I'm going to cancel that because that's a big waste of money. <laughs> Did you get anything out of it? Nothing yet. <laughs> How about when you went to the movies the other night? Were you yeah, able to use I ended it? up not even using it, you know? <laughs> because I'd have to because I was there and I realized I had to register the card with the app. And I was like, 
you know, we were running late anyway. There was no time for that shit. <laughs> like, what a waste of money. Uh, I need to cancel that. At the time when I signed up for it, it was when I was going to movies all the time. Right, right. But then I started looking the other day even. I was like, this would never, this would never be worth my money. You know, because I started looking, and I was like, "There's, there's not even four movies out right now I'd care to go see." You know. So what's the? It's, it's thirty bucks a month. Yeah, but you can, you you can only go see each movie once. You know, I mean, it's not a bad deal. It's just that problem is my schedule's not open to that right now. Right, it's for old people. Yeah, or or young people. Young people, yeah. I mean, uh, like my niece. She would take advantage of it. She's a teenager. Teenagers go to movies all the time. Right. You know, when I was, you know, like a year ago, it really would have paid off. But now I just got to cancel it. Yeah, you sent me the thing and, and it was like, what? A uh, uh, trial, you know? Yeah, free trial for like, what, two weeks, a month? Yeah, yeah. From the time you get, you get two weeks to do it all you want and cancel it. I need to just cancel it, though. Yeah. Now, is it at any movie theater or is it specifically it's, a certain... Like, and you go to the website, you put in zip code, and it'll show you all the theaters that that allow you to use it. You know what I mean? It works at the big chains, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, too uh, bad, man. It sounded so promising. But like you said, you know, it's, uh, it's based on the old gym membership model. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're just uh, trying to... Uh, and I was hoping to not be one of those people, but... I don't have a choice about it, you know, because I just can't hit the movies all the time. Yeah. Oh, well. I wonder where that model would actually work. Like where it would be to your advantage to do it and the company could still make money if the, you know, overwhelming majority of participants, you know, stuck with it. Like... Like a booze club, like if you had a membership into, a, you know, at a bar or something, you know, a little card, and it, it was like, yeah. you know, however much a month, then all you could drink. You, you know, mean where it wouldn't work? Well, I mean, theoretically, it, it, it's great if it works for both parties. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, because the problem with what you're saying is. If everybody used it, it'd have to be way more expensive. The reason it's the price point it is is because people aren't going to use it. Yeah, okay, good point, good point. You know, so I, right. if I'm, you had the booze club and everybody's using it, it would have to, they'd have to jack up the rate of the booze club. Yeah, Plus, you're right. I think even if it was a booze club, I don't think everybody would be boozing. Yeah, see, I'm looking at it from my perspective. Yeah, you're like, I, yeah, I'd be boozing all the time. <laughs> would you? Because you're not even allowed to booze on Saturdays now because of your running schedule. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and um, I, I, going back, probably before that, I can't remember the last time I went out. You know? Yeah, exactly. You'd look at that, you're like, yeah, I like to booze. And then you realize, wait, I don't booze that way anymore. Yeah. After and, you're already paying your $30 a month for the booze club. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole world is just one big gym membership, man. Yep. But that, that's know? the rub there. If, if it's something that everybody would use, it'd have to be the real cost. Right, right. Which would yeah. make it pointless then, I guess, at that point. I guess so. I guess so. 
Yeah. Oh, I thought I had an end around. Yeah, well, you thought wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got? Uh, well, I randomly had lunch with Sean Creedon this week. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Because <laughs> he creeper. called me. It was... Funny thing was, you know, I told your whole issue about my my hair situation. Yeah. Oh, you're still uh, well, you still uncoiffed. Cut on Thursday. You got to cut Thursday. Yeah, but Wednesday, you know, I knew I needed to get a haircut, and Wednesday was when I went to see Hot Tub Time Machine. I was hoping to have a haircut by that night because I was going to dinner and the movie, you know. Right. And uh, I didn't want to look scruffy, but so I was. I was literally in the middle of Googling places to get my hair cut, you know? Right. Since my regular guy is still on the mend. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, I was, it was around 11 in the morning, and I, my phone, you know, I see Sean Creedon, you know, calling my phone. So I knew he must have been either coming to town or something, you know? Because uh, I don't talk to him like that, you know? Yeah. And I answered the phone. He's like, hey, Liv. And the situation was, you know, he does some type of work with one of these companies that does the financing for all these bogus mixed income, affordable housing developments they, that are popular all over the country now. Okay. Is that what he does? I knew he worked yeah. in commercial real estate. I wasn't sure what. Yeah. And he was like in Arkansas or something. He was supposed to be flying out of Jackson, Mississippi. Well, the problem was, you know, all the weather... Like it was snowing, like in it was snowing in Shreveport, Louisiana, that day. You know, mm-hmm. like the weather was very was friggin' ridiculously bad around here. So there was no flights out of Jack. I guess all flights out of Jackson were canceled because any of the planes that were supposed to be coming, I think, from Texas to Jackson, weren't coming to Jackson anymore. So they, you know, I imagine they don't have a huge airport, so everything was canceled out of there. Right. So he had a he got a rental car and he was driving to New Orleans because he was going to get a 6 o'clock flight out of here back to San Francisco. Okay. So he's like, you want to do lunch? So I was like, yeah. So he got here. He, I gave him the address of my office. You know, he drove to the office. Probably went to lunch. He got here right before 2 o'clock. You know, went to a late lunch. Went to where my sister works. We ate out there. Took him to the house. Showed him around. You know, it was a good time. You know, it was like hung out with the kid for like Two hours and we're done. Oh, that's good. That's a good visit because you know every once in a while, and and I don't necessarily know if Creeper falls into this category, but you being in New Orleans, you get you know your share of you know of transient um, acquaintances that come into town. But you're yeah. like that one guy who oh you should catch up with, but like maybe you don't want to, and he calls you ahead of time, and he's like, I'll be in town next week. Maybe we'll get dinner and. You're kind of fretting it because really you just want to go to sleep on Wednesday. You don't want to go out yeah. to dinner, like that kind of deal. But um, I wouldn't have done that with Creedon, but there are people like that, you know. It's like, oh, I don't really want that. That's not a guy I'm dying to hang out with, you know. Right, right. right. Yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Like a um, couple, man, well, it must have been two years ago because when I was still working in the city, um, a guy, I got an email from um, from my buddy Mick. The kid from Jersey who who I lived with when I was down in Curacao. Okay. He was like, "Hey, Louis's coming into town. Um, I'm gonna give him your number. He's you know he wants to catch up with you." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, shit. Yeah, I don't 
I mean, I don't, what am I going to do talk to Louie about? Like, I didn't even talk to Louie about anything when I lived with Louie. Like, we were just okay, but, like, whatever. Um, but, you know, he's like, he'll be there today. And I was like, oh, wow. I got no time to think about it, you know? Yeah, so, I can't put you on the spot. Yeah, so, but we went down to lunch, and, and that was it. Like, he's like, I'm only going to be in town for two hours, but I'm going to grab some lunch. Um, you know, you yeah, want to meet me? Yeah, it's a lot better when it's that situation when they yeah. can't stay any longer. Yeah, it was great. And we caught up and, you know, kind of chit-chatted enough, like, mindless small talk, enough, like, hey, really, what's going on with you? And enough, like, you know, what's, you know, where you're headed, what's your plan? And uh, and that's it. Lunch is over. That was a good visit. I mean, for what it's worth, friggin' uh, Creedon has, has been here two times since the last time Brian's been here. <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny i've um i've tried to get back on uh on track and and like it's all it's just a it's totally a mental thing you know like keeping in touch and, and keeping up correspondences and whatnot um like one of the reasons i love doing this every week and and regardless of people download it or don't download it or whatever it's like I get to talk to somebody every week and I'm accountable for having a conversation, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I'll get like, I'm the worst, like Reardon will call and I won't see his call or, you know, I'll be in the middle of something and you know, like when's a good time to talk? Like you never know, blah, blah, blah. And so his voice, you know, his voice, uh, his call goes to voicemail and you know, I don't call him back or, you know, guy and I are notorious, the same in terms of that so getting him on the phone it's as hard as getting me on the phone and we go like back and forth for like months playing phone tag and um and there was just a bunch of calls i needed to make like soap's uh, grandfather passed away yeah uh so i wanted to give him a call you know send my condolences and and you know just catch up but like Oh man, you know he's got four kids. One's a good time to call a guy with four kids, but meanwhile yeah, he's sh- he's shooting me off videos of fish cover songs on his acoustic guitar, you know. So obviously he's got time to to chat. I just have to make good on my intention to call. So like this week, I I did. I you know I purposely sat down and you know and tried to get back. Uh, you know, get a couple phone calls returned and whatnot. So it's just sometimes like. You know, you, you don't have the energy to do it, but once you do it, it's like, this takes nothing at all. No, I know. I know. You know? It always seems like, yeah, problem is you're always like, oh, no, I could do it another time. You just put stuff off, keep putting it off, and then you never do it. Yeah, so that's cool that he, that, that Creeper kind of rolled in. What, yeah. um, what else was a highlight of... Uh, Oh, you're weak. You had a busy week, man. Socially, you're like a social butterfly. You had yeah, lunch with Creedon. Yeah. You had dinner and a movie. Yep. Went to, uh, I ended up going to a basketball game Friday night, but that was all off. That was all spontaneous. You know? Was that Pelicans? Yeah. Friggin' my friend, she, she asked me to go in the middle of the day, so I was like, I'll go, because... She has tickets with her boyfriend, and they just broke up. So, <laughs> so she did, needs somebody to go to the game with. Is this your same friend who has um, tickets to the um, to the Saints, and her boyfriend plays hockey? Yes, yes. Jeez. Oh, well, that's what she gets for getting involved with a hockey player in New Orleans. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they so they had a a blow up and they broke up. So she needed somebody to go to the game with. So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. All right. Uh-huh. Even though I didn't plan on doing that because I knew this was going to be a busy week because they wanted me to go to the Creation American thing last night, which I did. Right. Which that really sucked because it was around, you know. You know, around 6 o'clock, I was like, man, do I really have to get ready and go to this thing? I really wish I wasn't gone because you got to wear a suit and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I really don't feel like Now i got to shave. Ugh. But I did it. And then tonight I'm going to go see a guy I was supposed to go see back in December, but it got put off because of the Jesuit football game, uh, Hannibal Beerus. Oh, yeah. Because you know? he loves New Orleans, so he's constantly playing shows here. Right. You know? And then, you know, so I bought the tickets for that thing. And then my, apparently he's playing at Tulane tomorrow, like a free show. Oh, no way. And uh, my brother-in-law works at Tulane. Like he's on, uh, you know, he's a welder. He's with the physical plant. Okay. And, uh, you know, you, we can get in there, like, you know, because I went to see Neil deGrasse Tyson with him and my niece. Where, you know, because his buddy brings him and sneaks him in through the back, you know? Mm-hmm. They work there. And my sister texted me in the morning yesterday. She's like, do you, you want to go see Hannibal Beerus at Tulane for free on Monday? I'm like, I'm already seeing him tomorrow. She's like, oh, why are you doing that when you can see him free? I'm like, because that, that wasn't an option at the time I bought the damn tickets. <laughs> yeah. The back door wasn't open. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I didn't know he was going to be playing that show. It was Right. Whatever, man. I'm not going to go see him twice anyway. It'll be the same act, right? What's that? It's the same act. He does like... Oh, I'm sure it'll be a very similar act that he does tonight as he does tomorrow night. Right. You know? I can't imagine it'll be that different, you know? So, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I I need to... I'm going to need to take a break. (laughs) You know? So... Screw it. I'd rather just go where I don't have to sneak in and I can sit there and everything's cool. Right, right. Yeah. So so that's my plan for tonight. Then everything hopefully will slow down. Got a busy week at work, though, so. Busy week coming up? Yeah, I just got to get stuff done on, you know, cases that are ready to go to hearing and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um. Hey, you... um. Everything you do is you're um you're independent, right? Uh, you're, you're not a member of of the firm you work for, right? You're no, you're, no, no, no. you're subcontracted. Exactly an independent contractor, yes. Yeah. So you file taxes quarterly? Uh, I pay quarterly. You pay you pay quarterly. Yeah, I mean, that's how you do it. But the thing is, I mean, you can do it before the first time you do it, but the the issue is you don't know how much you're really going to owe, you know? And then th- see, like the first year I started doing that, I didn't pay them until the next year. Right. But you don't really, you don't pay a penalty uh, for not paying them the next year because, uh, because if you had paid no taxes the year before, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you probably paid no taxes for last year, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, so I wouldn't even stress about it. All right, cool. You know, but but once you have a book, you know, once you want, like after you file the first year, 
they'll predict based on what you made that year, what you're going to have to owe quarterly, you know, the next year. Like I do it through TurboTax, so they pre-print up the the uh, the coupons that you're supposed to send in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I usually, you know, I'll pay those, what they say, but I'm usually making a bit more money than the year before, you know? Right. So I'll, uh, so I'll pay what they say, but then in January, when the last one's due... I'll usually pay a little more. And I, the rules on the penalty is it's like as long as you're paying as much as you paid the year before, you don't get penalized, I think it is. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. All but right. yeah, it's a, it's, you, you got to start paying them quarterly if you're, if you're working for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I got to figure all that stuff out. I'm still trying to get organized. Everything like came down in the last you know 10 days just everything dumped on me i spent the last two days at njit on campus all day and you know running back and forth to asbury park do all that shit so like i'm trying to get like a schedule where like okay here's where i sit down and i do accounting and you know send invoices or whatever yep and you know this is the day i work on this project this day i work on that project because um you know i've always just I've always worked for an employer and I've handled a number of things within, you know, my realm of responsibility, but it was just like, all right, well, this problem came up. So I gotta, I gotta solve that. This problem came up. I gotta solve that. Now I gotta, my time is not equitable. Yeah. You know, like I spend, I need to spend 60% of my time doing this, 40% of my time doing that. And like that takes some discipline, which I don't necessarily have. So yeah, I, I gotta, kind of got to get used to that. But um, other than that, today I'm just gonna try to uh, try to take it easy, relax, get over this cold. Yeah, I got a bunch of random fantasy um, sports that I'm into now. Um, soccer. I take my my fantasy soccer team. Fantasy soccer. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty fun. Um, and also, I have a fantasy NASCAR team. And I'm not a huge yeah. fantasy sports guy. Yeah, I got a fantasy baseball draft next Saturday. So. Oh, are you going to the uh, to the cabin? To no, the we're going to be doing it in town. Well, that's too bad. Eh, I don't have to go three and a half hours away, though. So that's, yeah, that's good. That's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a friend coming in town anyway who I want to hang out with. So if we had to go to Lake Charles... I wouldn't be able to hang out with that guy at all, so screw it. All right, all right. Well, there so, you go. It all works out. Yeah. So you got a fantasy NASCAR team? Yeah, I started a couple of years ago. My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, is um, um, a NASCAR guy. But like a regular NASCAR guy. What's you know that what I mean? supposed to mean? Like, he's just a regular guy who likes NASCAR. It's not oh. like she married some dude from West Virginia and... You know, he's like, you know, a yeehaw or something like that. Where's he from? He's from Virginia. Oh, okay. Not Northern, West Virginia, though. No, not West Virginia. No, 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 no. No, he's from Northern Virginia. Um, okay. You know, like around the D.C. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one, at one point had a lot of time on his hands. You know, he he's, um, he's taking a CPA exam now, but like he just graduated school. He just got his degree. Maybe last year, two years ago. 
So he was on the extended plan. He, you know, he went to find himself for a while. Bartender lived in, you know, Myrtle Beach or Charleston for a while. So he, like, he had a lot of time on his hands and started to get into um, NASCAR. He likes to get into the things he gets into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Creedon's dad's a big NASCAR fan. Do you know? Yeah. That? No, I, I didn't know that. Um, which, I mean. I'd I'd say, you know, that's atypical for a yeah. you know a northerner. But and NASCAR's, what he says is you got to go to the race, and that's exactly. You ex- went to one, didn't I you? I went to one. Uh, I've been to two in my life, um, and they're awesome. One of the reasons I love baseball is because there is a there's a social component to the baseball game that's outside of watching the game itself. Yeah. You know, you can walk around. Hey, let's go get a beer. You know, you can sit and chat and not miss any of the action. Um, NASCAR is the opposite. It's it's antisocial because it's so loud. Everybody has heads, uh, earplugs on. Or you actually okay. have these headsets that you wear that you're listening to the race broadcast. And uh, But even if you didn't have them, it's too loud to sit and talk with anybody. And the crowd is so genteel. Like, it's really quiet, just a bunch of people sitting. It's like they're sitting watching television. Um, no drunk assholes. Because but at NASCAR? It, at NASCAR. Huh. Uh, it's BYOB, so you can bring in your own cooler, but you're not allowed to bring glass bottles. Into the stands? Into the stands. Really? Yep. You bring a little soft cooler of a six-pack. It's very similar to, you know, to like trying to grab, for an outsider, trying to grasp what Mardi Gras is like. Yeah. You know, like you go to the Orpheus Ball or whatever, and, and I was like, wait, you got to bring your own? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a foreign concept. But, um... I mean, I'm just surprised because it's at, you know, stadium, you know, you figured... Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. You think that that's how they'd make all their money. Yeah. But uh, they don't. It's very, like, high school bleacherish kind of deal. Like, you walk into the stadium and you're under the aluminum bleachers and... You know, you go up a stairway and you find your seat, and like maybe Daytona's a little, you know, a little more higher profile. I don't know, but the the places I've been, that's all it is, um, and it's like a it's it's like a, a county fair kind of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, there's like um, uh, what's the thing called when you walk through a county fair? The, the midway. The midway. You know, they have trailers set up and, you know, you can buy gear, you can buy food, you can buy whatever. Um, And you go, you sit with your little six pack because you're there for three and a half hours and you can't bring in a hard cooler. You can only bring in a soft cooler. So you you literally like, I mean, the most you're going to be bringing in is a 12 pack. So very few people get. You know, wildly belligerently drunk. It's it's definitely not like a scene at a Jets game or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. Where there's just a bunch of drunk assholes berating each other. Yeah. Um, and people are genuinely interested in, you know, kind of following different aspects of the race. So like, you never. It's never a blowout. It's never you know you're never out of it. Like, there's a lot that goes on and a lot to keep you occupied. So um, it's totally the opposite of the stereotype that you would have pictured, you know, like a bunch of drunk rednecks, you know, hooting and hollering and, and creating a scene. It's a, it's cool. Um, so I started to get into it and, um, 
the NAS, I mean, the fantasy component to it is very analytical. You have like a roster of eight drivers, and the drivers are split into classes: A class, B class, C class. So your best shot drivers are obviously A, and then B, and then C. And you have to pick one A driver, two B drivers, and one C driver to be in your starting lineup. And you pick the drivers in the beginning of the week before qualifying. And then they qualify, and then you can adjust your starting lineup based on that. So, like, you know, I pick my eight guys and, you know, my two A guys. Um, one of my guys is starting on the pole, and the other guy's starting 36. So I move the pole guy into the starting lineup. And then of my B list drivers, there's four of them, um, but I can only start two of them. And two of them are starting. Uh, the two that I'm starting are starting in the third and the sixth position, but the guy I'm sitting on the bench is starting in the fifth position because he didn't have that good of practice times or whatever. So, like, it's real, like, analytical, and you can only use each driver a set amount of times over the season. Yeah. And since each of the tracks are different for the most part it's not like every week you're running them out there because they're going to do similar things like oh this guy does really good on a short track but this guy does really good on the super speedway and this guy does really good on intermediate oval or whatever it is you know so like it was something i had nothing i had no reference point so i kind of learned something new um and had to apply some analytics to it so it's been like two or three years that i've been doing it and i'm still kind of learn about it. So it's not frustrating at all because when I fuck up, well, that's just something I didn't know about. You know, when you watch fantasy, yeah. when, you know, you got a fantasy team and you're watching football and you're like, fucking Reggie Bush, give the ball to Reggie Bush. Yeah. You know, and you get pissed and you're like, they should have given the ball to Reggie Bush in that, in that on that play. <clears throat> so much of it's out of your hands. But this, you know, you kind of, there's a little more thought process to it. There's a little more strategy involved rather than just hope you get a good draft pick, make some good waiver claims and, you know, trot the best guys out there and hope they have huge weeks. So it's the same thing with the soccer because it's um, salary cap based. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of gotten into those two sports and it's kind of cool. So I, uh, I've been wrapped up with that today. The soccer game on this morning and, European soccer, I Euro- see. European soccer, yeah. <clears throat> English league. Is it, specifically. Is it EPL or something? EP, yeah, EPL. Cool. Yeah. And I try not to be like one of those obnoxious guys. Yeah, because they're the worst. Yeah, they are the worst. But um, I, I silently watch and I silently root and, you know, it gives me something to do. Um, you know, now that uh, I can't uh, get my money's worth out of my $30 monthly booze club card. Yeah, <laughs> well, here's a little hat tip since we're at the wrap of the show. Yeah, CBS is showing bull riding right now. <laughs> and look, apparently there's a bull riding movie coming out, The Longest Ride. <laughs> it's funny that Clint Eastwood's son, Scott Eastwood. The uh, the thing that my brother-in-law recently got in. Uh, into is bull riding because there's also a strategy uh and there's also there's a lot fantasy bull riding there's no uh, you know what there's probably fantasy bull riding because uh, it's the same bulls and like it's the same riders and like there's a blind draw but there's also strategy behind it so um yeah i don't know i don't know about that i'm, I'm sure there is but 
Um, I don't know how fun that would be, but yeah, this is the Iron Cowboy, which is this is considered one of the PBR majors. I went to a PBR event in New York City a couple a couple years ago, um, and I would say that and the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show are uh, since the 2003 uh, Final Four National Championship yeah. game. I think those are probably the two best live. I'm going to put sporting in quotes. Best non-concert events huh. uh, that I've been to in in the last ten years. Yeah, I I haven't been to. They come down here. Seems like once a year they make a stop here. I really should go there and check it out because it does seem cool, and I I do watch it occasionally on TV because it's interesting to see these guys get up here and immediately get tossed off these bulls. Yeah, yeah. it's something different, you know. This guy lasted for like three seconds just now. Chump. Yep. <laughs> this poor bull, you know, because he's gone nuts because he's got this friggin' shit strapped around his nuts. <laughs> Story of my life. Yep. All right, man, All on right. that note. All right, man. Uh, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll catch you guys next week. Hey, good morning, Fredo.